Welcome to the new podcast, Truth in Politics, with New York State Assemblyman David DiPietro. David is the number one rated top conservative, according to the American Conservative Union. You want the truth about New York and national politics? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Welcome, everybody, to Truth in Politics. This is David DiPietro, New York State Assemblyman. Number one conservative in New York State, year after year. Proud to do it. You're listening to the Big Weck Local Podcast Network, folks. That's W-E-C-K, Big Weck. Go to bigweck.com. Pick up any of my podcasts. Share them, please. If you want to know exactly what's happening in New York State, you want to hear the down, the dirty, the corruption that drips off the walls in Albany, this is where you want to go because I lay it out for you. There's no lies here, folks. I've always told Democrats, you want to come on and, and, and debate anything I say, you are more than welcome. Uh, they do not. They hate my guts up in New York State, folks. So uh, as I'm, I'm always attacked, and uh, I wear it as a badge of honor because, as I always say, in the dark, the rats run wild. You put a light on them, and they scurry and try and hide, and they did that this week. Uh, an incredible thing. So I want to, before I bring on my guest, do not... Do not turn this off. You want to share this with everybody. I'm bringing on a good friend, Ari Brown from Long Island, who uh, who has been a breath of fresh air in this assembly as a newer member. He has stood tall. He has stood often. Uh, he doesn't mince words. Uh, a true hero up there, folks, for New York State. Uh, and before I start, I just, this came up the other day, and I want to reiterate it to everyone out there about this whole pot situation You want to smoke pot, God bless you, do whatever you want to do. But if you go and buy pot in New York State from any of these storefronts, okay, you have to give your identification. You have to show them a license. So what does that mean? It means you will automatically be put into a state database which gets looked at by the federal government. So you might love to smoke pot. But if you own firearms, any firearms, pot is still a substance regulated by the federal government, okay? It's a controlled substance. It's against the law federally. It may be legal in New York State, but it is not federally. So you own a firearm, you go buy pot, they take your identification, expect a knock on your door from a sheriff or a state trooper demanding all of your firearms. They will get confiscated. You will get put on a federal registry. You will never be able to buy a firearm again in your lifetime. Did I make that very clear? You want to smoke pot in New York because you think it's legal, but you own a firearm. You will get put on that registry and you will get visited. Not might get visited, you will get visited by someone in the in the government who will take your who will come with a, a, a warrant and take all of your firearms and you will be put on that federal registry and state registry where you will never own a firearm again because you smoked pot. You might have bought it once. It doesn't matter. It's a federally controlled substance. 
You, but you say it's New York State, it's legal, it's everywhere. Doesn't mean anything, folks. And I really want to make that clear to everyone. Uh, because they are going around now in New York State, people are losing their firearms and their ability to ever own one again because they're all excited that they can go and buy pot. But that's another issue and that's another joke. So uh, so I want to get that point out there. I hope you understand it. I hope you share that with any of your friends who own firearms. Okay? Literally, you're going to go to the black market and buy your pot where you don't have to show ID. That's where you're going to go if you really have to smoke pot and you own firearms. But if you buy from any dispensary, any state organization, you're done. And with that, boy, did we have the last two weeks in Albany have been so contentious. This has been the worst year in my 11 years. This has been out of control, folks. The Democrats have literally put their big foot on our heads and stomped us into the ground. Their goal is is to eliminate all conservatives, all Republicans in New York State. And I'm not saying that uh, very, I'm telling you the truth. This is what they say. This is what they want. They're very blatant and open about it. And some things even happened this week, which were just crazy. And my good friend Ari Brown was front and center, and I'm going to let him explain a couple, just a couple of these instances he's had to deal with in the last couple of weeks, because he's Jewish, is that's one reason, but he speaks for all of us in what's been happening with the Democrats, but I don't say Democrats lightly, folks, because these are socialists, these are communists, these are these are. Uh, far leftists. These are people trying to destroy the country. These aren't your every every day your neighbor Democrat who votes Democrat because he knows nothing about what's happening in his party. He's out there mowing his lawn on Saturday and working his job. No, no, this isn't this isn't that party. This is the head of the party. These are the people who run communism right down our throats, and they've been doing it on an incredible scale this year in Albany. So let me welcome. A good friend, Ari Brown, fellow assembly member, a true hero and a true patriot up in Albany. Welcome, Ari. How are you? Hey, David. Thank you for having me. Just, uh, I have to say, you're always my inspiration. You give too many, too much, too many other people credit. I can't wait to hear you speak on the floor. Always with passion, always the truth. Never that sing-songy, fake politician voice. You say it exactly as it is. You are an inspiration to the entire assembly. The other side truly sees you. They really do. And thank you for everything that you do for us every single day. Oh, God bless you, Ari. Thanks uh, for that. So, Ari, let's start out with, uh, uh, I've got three things on here that really just shook me when I, you know, your, your speech when you did your press conference on Bill 6943, you were so spot on. The anti-Semitism that's coming out of the left, and they, they embraced it. And that Mondami character, who's a, just an incredible communist, who hates this country, death to America, destroy America, I hate capitalism, and attacking you. Uh, explain to me, when you heard that, what happened in, in your, your press conference, because it was, I've got a copy of your press conference in front of me. Oh my gosh, I love it. I can't believe you just you just blew it out of the water. So explain to me, explain to the people what that bill actually did and how bad it was. Yeah, I mean, in, in the simplest terms, uh, his bill 6943 
it wasn't just against the state of Israel. And mind you, when people talk about, the, you know, condemn the state of Israel, they're really condemning Jews. It's just an easy way to say, oh, I'm only talking about the government. It's just that nice, secret, underhanded way to say that I hate Jews and I'd like to destroy the Jewish people. His, his bill condemned Israel for actual existence. And where does he get this from? His father uh, and his mother have a history of the same type of diatribe. His, his father's this Columbia professor who was only spoken out against America and the state of Israel. His mother's the filmmaker. The same protocol all the way through. And they try to make it seem like they're the you know, betrayed people. He's, this kid grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth, doesn't know from hard work. He's a career politician. They, you know, they tries to make himself into a movie star with all these kids the type of YouTube uh, shows and performances that he puts on. But this bill did nothing but condemn the state of Israel in every which way and every which way and form, even down to its existence. So, I, listen, listen. You know, someone who comes out and says that they hate a Jew. All right, you know whom you know for what they are. But it's so much more than that. As I said this week, it was just an opening salvo to test the waters to see how their fellow Democrats would react to it. What do I mean by that? When, when, when he came out with this bill that was truly anti-Semitic, yes, the Speaker didn't allow it to come to the floor. But the fact that he didn't openly make a public statement condemning it, sign on to my letter, sign on to the other letters, where only 25 or 27 of the other side would sign on to an anti a 6943 Mamdami bill is shameful. We all should have been united. All of us. All 150 of us should have been united in this. But even that, they couldn't. Party with the other side comes first. But being a good American always comes last. Most of the time, it's not even a consideration. Right. I'm similar to you, just not as good of a speaker. We say it like it is. You know, there's no sing songy voice. You know, we stand up for our country and our people in every which way, and that's what I felt I had to do. All right, you, uh, uh, and you also remember Mike Lawler, who's now a congressman, who was an assemblyman with me and you, uh, he tried to push for a resolution titled End Jew Hatred Day, and that went nowhere. Exactly right. And no sooner did that go down, and you mentioned it, Menstrual Hygiene Day moved forward, but but, but End Jew Hatred Day didn't go anywhere. And you know it's 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 you know it seems like only us we are the ones that are racist. But I, I I tell people all the time the racism on the other side is front and center. It's it's, it's thrown exactly. in our face day after day. You know it's not just it's not just white people that can be racist because I see it and you see it on that floor and it's it's incredible. And and right here, what is it when when no Democrats want to stand up for the Jewish community? And they can and, and, and someone like Mom Dami goes after the Jewish community. That's racist, and nobody they, ever calls them out. Many, how many Jewish people are in the whole world? Sixteen million, barely. We're not even a fraction of one percent of the world. Who's the who's the smallest minority out there, and who stands up with us? Republicans, and that's it. You know, I, I, like, like like you said, racism can come on both sides of the aisle. When I stood up and I said, here's the Muslim, and we should respect our Muslim and certainly our Christian brethren as well as the, the Jews, here's a Muslim that sees and knows that the Uyghurs are being put uh, and are in concentration camps right at this moment in China. 
Where is he to defend them? Where is he to defend his fellow Muslims that are enslaved every single day in, in, in Africa and, and in the Muslim countries? Where is he speaking at? No. He goes after the Jew because we're an easy target. It's easy to attack a Jew. This is what the cowards always does throughout history. And they see an opening, and then they go after the next group. Like, said, like the famous quote, first they went after this one, and I didn't speak out. Eventually they'll come out, and they'll, and they'll come after me. But there was no one left to speak out for me. I, that's I, what's happening here. Ari, I got that right in front of me. And I was just going to mention that because you put it exactly. Okay, because then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. And it's uh, and you had said, is this not exactly where we are today in America? Silence. Afraid to call it like it is. Turning a blind eye as the criminals are lauded and the victims are punished. And people, I want them to understand, because if I say and I say it all the time, hey, hey, idiot, 26 percent of this country believes now that a man can get pregnant. Okay, no, he can't. A man can't get pregnant. Okay, sorry, but when I say that, okay, I, I, I get I get lambasted because uh, I'm a racist homophobe because I believe a man can't get pregnant. You know, because, and if I call out Al Gore, oh my gosh, go on the climate issue and you call out Al Gore for, and others being 100% wrong every time. You know what? They, they come and attack us because common sense has gone away in this country. We, we pander to the left now they, because, you know, and I tell this to people all the time, the natural nature of people is, is non-confrontational. We want to just go work our jobs and be left alone, get the government out of our back pocket. Uh, we don't want to, we just want to be, we be friends to everybody in our neighborhood and take our kids to soccer. But to Democrats, that's not who they are. I'm sorry. They love confrontation. They have a get-all, end-all means that they have to win at all costs. They don't care. Look at the corruption that we just went through, Ari, with the voter fraud. They don't care. It's, it's destroy your enemy at all means. There is no getting along. There's no more across the aisle in New York State. I tell people, that's a misnomer. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I applaud you because you stand up for it better than anybody. And I tell you something, Dave, you're actually... You're actually speaking up for the women today with this transgender thing that you're talking about, trying to make men, women, and women men with these sports, with these fake, fake women in women's sports. Look what's happened to them. They're getting decimated in every competition. So what we're actually doing is we're standing up for women. We're actually the feminists of today. We are. I, and you know what? I said this last week, but I'll say it again for you, Ari, so you know. I've, I predict women's sports are over in a couple years. There's no more because you know what? I said, look at the basketball team. Next year, maybe it was one. The eighth, the ninth, the tenth, the eleventh player on the boys' team who isn't going to play is going to be like, you know what? If I just identify as a woman, I can score 30 points a game and play the whole game. I'm going over to the girls' team. Before you know it, it's going to be all all real boys on the girls team and no girls are going to be on that team because they're not good enough to play and that's going to go for all these girls sports and you're pushing women right out of their own sports and then the next step after that Ari is they're going to be like oh we're just going to have one 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 team now and then it's going to be all the boys there's going to be no women in sports they're just completely destroying women and when as you know on the floor you try and talk about this you're just a big homophobe. You're just a, a misogynist. You're, you know nothing about women. You don't care about women's rights. When in reality, Ari, as you said, we're the ones standing up for women right now. 
We are the ones on the front line standing up because the Democrats are destroying, destroying women. So let's tie this all, all these things up in a nice, neat bow. Yeah, how, did it, how did it start? And I think I spoke about this at, at my press conference. I mentioned a few years back when that squad, the Talib, Omar, AOC, when they attacked Israel, what happened? Absolutely nothing. Zero, nothing. A censure? Something? It, it, it's amazing. Absolutely nothing happened. And because they did, they were emboldened even further. And then they went after the next issue, and nothing happened, and nothing happened, and here we are today. And as I said the other day, right on the floor, with, with that Bill 7764, if you allow an outside interloper, someone who doesn't know the first thing about a different community, to come and decimate a community, digging up the road 80 feet down, having an irradiated cable go in front of people's homes, and they're not even entitled to ask a question, and jam it down their throat if you allow this outside Brooklyn person to come into Long Island, you're going to open up the doors for everybody creating bills in, in everybody else's district. And it's dangerous. Because when I questioned her and I said, tell me the name of the mayor of Island Park. Tell me the city manager of Long Beach. Did you meet with a single living soul in either one of the communities, the communities that you're trying to shove this down their throat? to me. I said, why is the sky blue? The sky's blue because my mother bought me a new dress. I said, what, the, what, what are you talking about? Wouldn't, wouldn't answer a single question. And we saw how it began. How did, they, how did she get emboldened? Because at the beginning, Andy, and Ge- Andy Goodell, the, uh, the leader pro tem, he, 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 he explained clearly that if you bring this bill to the floor, you'll be violating state constitution. Like you said at the beginning, the rule of law be damned. It wasn't a matter of an opinion that needed to be asked. Assemblyman Goodell clearly explained the rules of the House, the rules of the state constitution, how the bill should be presented, why this couldn't be done that certain way, uh, how we should vote, should it ever come to the floor. And they literally gave the proverbial, the, the, the symbolic middle finger to everybody and said, too bad, we're going to do it anyway. We feel that this has nothing to do with local determination. This has to do statewide, and we're going to move forward. Whereas when you read this Bill 7764, it only talks about a local issue. Nothing else. That's so, a, Ari, absolutely right. I'm up here at my end of the state. I'm on Lake Erie, and I have been working for a couple of years with a group called CAWTILE. It's its acronym. It's a Citizens Against Wind Turbines in Lake Erie. It causes major destruction. And the Democrats have been trying to ram that down our throat with Cuomo and others for years. And finally, we beat it back just a few months ago. And I put in a bill, I wrote a bill to keep wind turbines out of all water, okay, around New York State. Uh, And so I want people to understand what you're talking about because that bill, what happened, folks, was the Democrats put forth a bill totally unconstitutional, a $3.2 billion, that's with a B, billion-dollar wind turbine project in Ari Brown's district in a sleepy little village where they were going to build these offshore wind turbines, but run instead of the transmission line staying in the water, they were going to run them 80 to 85 feet down from the water through the shore right under people's homes. And those are irradiated lines, and they and it's going to disrupt that whole little village. 
and they're going to put where you've got a little neighborhood, say, with two-story homes. They're going to have a seven-story-plus building right in the middle of them. I mean, this, and they didn't even go to the town or Ari or anyone representing this village on Long Island and ask for permission, ask if they wanted it, ask if they want to be involved in the project, ask ask anything. They didn't even meet with any of the elected officials. And here Ari Brown is sitting on the floor debating this leftist from the other side who's pushing it, who doesn't live there. She lives in New York City. And she's pushing for this project to be put into his town because, folks, the wind turbine country has been buying and paying off a lot of these people. I'd love to see the money trail on where these people are getting uh, donations from. And Ari, you said you've got a recording or you heard the gentleman talk on the uh, out right outside the chambers from the wind turbine country the company that said that said they were doing everything they can to go to not have to go through the DEC or the EPA regulations to not even go through the process to buy step sidestep this whole process. It's so corrupt. Well, it was more than that, uh, firsthand, I didn't tell him it was. I'm an Orthodox Jewish. I, I normally wouldn't stay there through the Sabbath. I stayed in my office because I couldn't travel on the Sabbath, and I knew if I wasn't there the week before last on Friday that the lobbyists would be there trying to push this thing. And sure enough, I saw the lobbyist in the hallway. He looks at me, and he says, if only you would have done your job. That's why I had to go to the other one. I said, you're right. I don't work for you. I work for the, for the residents of the state of New York, and, and thank you for letting me know that she works for you. And the reason why he did it, he told me, was because to him to go through the DEC, in other words, if they would put this transmission line in the water, there would be no real issue here. But to go into the roadbed and to do it this way is the easier route than trying to deal with the DEC much faster. And he knew that dealing with her, a person that works for him, literally works for him, would be a much faster route. Can you imagine? I'm in the construction business nearly 50 years. And to open up a 30-foot-wide road to go eight stories down? You know what that entails? The disruption? There's a lawsuit going on in Manhattan for a similar circumstance of all these old brownstones are cracking because they only went down 20 feet. Do you know what it is to go down 80 feet? It's an impossibility. All the infrastructure, sewer, gas, electric, water, that's going to have to be removed and relocated instead of just putting this in the water? The, the, the Equinor, the main company, did have meetings locally, but wouldn't allow questions for the most part. But this, but this uh, Mitayanis, Assemblywoman Mitayanis, who was insulted that I, I called her Madam Sponsor, I thought I was honoring her. But this Assemblywoman Mitayanis never once met with the community and asked if this is something they wanted. And as, as our majority leader said, it's for the greater good. Sometimes the end justify the means. Where in history have we heard the same thing so many times? The ends justify the means. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, We do oh. the will of our community and our residents. I remember. Not, not with a lobbyist firm. Ari, and uh, I remember Adolf Hitler pretty much said the same thing. So There was a local newspaper today misquoted me in that regard. I'm not comparing the circumstance of the Holocaust. My mother and grandmother went through the Holocaust. My, my family was made into lampshades and gas and, and made into ashes. I get it. I'm not equating it to that. But but these despotic acts, as my 
fellow assembly person, Alex Borkrasny, said next to me. He went and lived through the Soviet Union. He's seen this dictatorship. This is where it all starts. And look, you, Dave, you and I in the assembly, we're relegated to nothing. They're trampling over our communities. They're running right through, over, and now under us in every way. No. Look how they enrich themselves. Look, we get a certain amount for our staff. They get tenfold sometimes, sometimes just double. The monies that flow from community to community, there's no equity here. They talk about equity. Where's the equity? My 140,000 constituents are less important than theirs? In their mind, yes. I say they that all the time. Suburbia. I say that all the time, Ari. You know? The Democrats right here in Western New York, Crystal Peoples and Pat Burke and Monica Wallace and, uh, you know, any of the Democrats. OK, my my constituents are less important than theirs. They get everything. You know, they, they, they say, well, we, you know, years ago they took away pork money, which I was all for. But what they did, they never took it away. They just gave it to the Democrats. You know, you've got one hundred and fifty, sixty or two hundred and fifty billion dollar, whatever it is, budget. It's all pork. They just go through, you know yeah. that, from the day one. Democrats sit down in conference. We sit on our hands because we have nothing to do with that budget. And they sit every day going to conference, and they just say, where's the money going to go? They divide it amongst themselves. Well, I've got a project over here. I need a new building for my people over here. I need some money for this group. And that's all they do. And they, and they, and they spend like drunken sailors. Next year, I won't go into it deep, but next year we're $8 billion in the hole. I predicted this three years ago. Three years ago. And now we're going to be, we're going to be, this, this, this state's going to go bankrupt. Democrats can't control themselves. They spend every single penny, the $46 billion we got from the federal government when we only should have gotten about $12 billion for COVID. But Biden bailed out all our bad policies. The Democrats have spent every single penny. They've put nothing away. And on top, they've borrowed more. And they borrowed more every year. They, they, it's never enough for them. Never enough. So, David, you know, we, we know that this is the mentality of a Democrat. And people are asking, your listeners are asking, so what do we do about it? You know what you do about it? You don't be afraid. You stand up for what's right, exactly as Assemblyman DiPietro does. Speak boldly and loudly. We don't be, be as aggressive as they are. Because what are we doing? We're just here to defend our families, our neighbors, our friends. We're here to save our country. And that's, that's what this is. We are in the midst of a civil war right now. Yes, it's not like the civil war from 150 years ago, but we are in a civil war. It's pure good versus evil. That's what it is. They're looking to change the minds, and they have, of our children, and just the whole mechanisms of our country where laws and rules of an elected body mean nothing. We are in a civil war. It's time we all spoke out boldly and not be afraid. Right. I tell people, Ari, Thank you for you. that uh, Rome, uh, New York State's burning and Democrats are fiddling. And they don't care. They don't care about uh, the people up in our area. They don't care about anything except their power and their money and their pet causes and, 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 and running people out of the state. You know, because look where I'm from, Ari, it's been 30 plus years in out migration. Number one in the entire country is right where I am, where people have been leaving year after year after year, and Democrats have never done one thing to address it. 
Never. Never. Because they don't care about the people. And I've said that over and over. But the media, as you know, and academia and uh, teachers unions, they sit there and say, oh, we care, we care. And then I say, well, show me what you've done. Show me what you have done to fix it. It's, it's, It's like the hypocrisy of the Black Lives Matter movement. They've got billion dollars and they've never given one penny to any black business in the entire country. Okay, so tell me, you sit there and care, but you just sit there and lie. They're professional liars, I call them, and I'm I'm so sick of it. And I'm happy to have you fighting there. Well, you and I sat there when one of our colleagues got up and said, "I'm just here for the payday. I'm here for the reparations, and you're going to pay." That that says it all. The country be damned. Yeah. Well, you said that. Let's tech. We got a couple minutes. Let's talk about that real quick. Reparations. I've been saying this for years, and now next January we can expect a reparations bill in New York State. And I'll tell you what, it's going to look. It's going to make California's look like a walk in the park. It's gonna. It's gonna dwarf California's because California gave them the the template, and now New York is going to go five times higher. I think this bill is going to be a half a trillion dollars and I and I think it's going to be it's going to bankrupt the state and the one question I asked Ari I said what I want to know because this goes back seven generations and and 99% of those people have no roots and no history to slavery so I asked I asked one question if cuz what is reparations it's to fix something if we give every penny that you want, okay, it's a financial thing, it's a social thing, whatever it is, if we give that to you, will that end racism? That's all I want to know. If that ends racism, then let's talk. Does that and will that end the racism in New York State that you're all worried about? And the answer was... Will it end racism? Will it, no. will it end affirmative action? Will it affect, And when I got up and explained that my children have have black uh, blood in them, probably more than most of the people sitting there. Their mother comes from the uh, Bantu tribe, her history, a big percentage. And I said, but my son has blonde hair and blue eyes. They were offended by that. My children are of less black heritage than theirs because they look different. They're going to be racist against my children. They were offended by that. I remember. It's only how you look. my, My children have sickle cell traits. That doesn't make them the same black as the people sitting out in the assembly because they look different. They're going to be racist against them. You know, our majority leader, who I am friendly with, and we have that special relationship, got up and said, you know, I'm an older person, and it's only four generations for me to know of slavery and the torture. And I got up and I said, I don't have to look back that far. My mother and grandmother lived through it. I don't have a single family member on my mother's side. They were all wiped out. Of the age that I turn around, the Holocaust is right behind me. It's not 200 years ago. It was right behind my lifetime. My mother was interned in an internment camp right here in Oswego, New York, in a barbed wire internment camp, 18 months, just like the Japanese were, because she's from Italian descent. It was in that famous book, Haven and Movie, with Natasha Richardson in it. My, my, my family was decimated, put into ovens. My immediate family, aunts, uncles, babies, my cousins ripped out of my grandmother's arms and thrown onto the floor and stepped under the heel of a boot. I don't have to look back hundreds of years. Right. And, 
Yeah, Ari, they would I, not. I, let, I, I do understand. Ari, they did not. When you, I, that was an incredible debate. And the point, and you said, why am I not represented when it comes to this all entire board on reparations? Why is it just the majority Democrats? I lived, you lived, lived racism more than any of them, any one of them. You have lived it, right. and, yet, I, and yet they would not even was, put you on the board. Why? Because you have firsthand knowledge. You could bring the experience that none of them have, except their feelings from a history book. Because like I said, 90% of them have no, no connection from seven generations ago to slavery. They have nothing except their community activism because maybe they're black. And you are firsthand, first-generation of the Holocaust and complete racism, and they wouldn't allow you to even be on the board. You said it best. The corruption drips off the walls, blatant. It's not hidden in any way. And I beg, I ask all of your listeners, get involved. Don't be afraid to speak out. If you don't speak out now, you won't have the opportunity later on. Our rights are being taken away from us every single day. They're coming after you. And I told the other Democrats, I laughed at them at my law speech at, uh, during the debate. I said, they're just using us as target practice. I said, they're really going after you because those Democrat socialists are picking you guys off one by one. One by one. You could be as liberal as you want. It's not enough. Until you, like they, call for the destruction of America, you're all targets. And eventually, it'll be just Dave and I sitting across from the socialists. Let's all come together. Speak out. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be called a racist. You know what's true and good in your heart. We've all raised good children. We know what to do. We're being told how to raise our children. I raised seven remarkable children. God bless I'm you. being told by people who have never raised a single child how to educate and teach my children. What a joke. What a joke. A person that doesn't even understand what a real family unit's about. I raised seven successful children and now grandchildren. What do these people know from this? And they're trying to teach us about what it is to be a good American. Shame. So I ask all the listeners, please, do what you got to do. Speak out. Get involved. It all starts locally. Village elections. School board elections. Fight for it. Like your children's lives depend on it, because you know what? It does. Now is the moment. Seize this moment now. Dave and I aren't politicians. We're just here to serve. We're not making, we may have done this for a long time, serving my village for 25 years. But I'm not a politician. I am a public servant. The Democrats see it the other way. You are serving them. Believe it. That's how it is. Listen to Dave every single day. He knows what he's talking about. Ari, uh, God bless you. I'll tell you what, I'm not even going to answer on that one because you know what? You just said something. Uh, I'm probably going to use that at the end of my show. Every one of my shows, you did a fantastic job, so I'm going to end it right there. God bless you for all you're doing. You know, safe travels to you, your beautiful family. Thanks for speaking up and being a voice 
and I mean a true voice for the people, not of just New York State, for this country, for what it stands for, for the ideals, for the flag, for the family, for God, for faith, for everything that, that we, for the, since the history of this nation have been founded on, and we're watching the destruction of all of it right in front of our eyes because people are afraid, and you made that so clear. It's time to stand up. So thanks, Ari, for everything. We'll get you on again. Uh, you, 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 you have a great day today. God bless you. Thank you, brother. Okay. Thank you for fighting the good fight. Be well. Take care. You just heard Ari Brown, folks. What a great, what a great patriot and American. God bless all of you. Remember, God's still on the throne. Jesus is coming back. This thing's going to get wrapped up because I'll tell you what, you know, when I pray to God, I can't believe that God would look down at what's going on in this nation, and especially in the New York State with the full-term post-birth abortion and uh, people yelling at people because we don't believe that that men can have babies, um, trying to take four-year-olds and give them gender-changing surgery because some four-year-old knows exactly what he wants to be. This is sickening, and uh, I think this is all going to get wrapped up. And, you know, we just got to fight, run the race, as they say. We've got to fight the fight and always look up. And I want to say thanks to Ari and thank all of you for listening. Bigweck.com, W-E-C-K. Please share this. Let us know what you think. We always appreciate your response. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the new podcast, Truth in Politics, with New York State Assemblyman David DiPietro. We welcome you to download and listen to the new podcast every week online at truthinpolitics.social and on numerous podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. Connect with David on social media and at truthinpolitics.social. The Truth in Politics podcast is done in partnership with Radio 1 Buffalo, LLC.